All right, hold on, Captain. We're coming out of hyperspace. All right, reducing thrusters to 0%. Captain Matt, what's our current coasting speed? Four. Perfect. We're flying pretty. Space, baby! Never gets old. We'll be at the station in an hour or so. Alexa, engage autopilot. Hmm, I have a few skills that can help. Did you mean auto voice? No, Alexa, engage autopilot. I found a few matches for that. Do you mean auto voice? No. <laughs> How about autobotai? No. Hmm, I also found by auto. <laughs> She's gonna keep going. She's one? just gonna keep going. Stop. All right. I'm just gonna do it myself. Autopilot engages. Captions Alan and Matt. You are free to move about the cabin. Also, the coffee in the break room has just dropping into optimal temperature. Hot, but not too hot. Have a good Monday. So how do you feel our mission went? Pretty good? Pretty solid, not too many not too many casualties. Yeah. I mean, marketing's not super dangerous work. <laughs> You know, it, it used to be a lot. You know, you would lose 10, 12 guys. A board meeting. A, bo a meeting, yeah. Times have changed and these, they're a little bit coddled now, but you know. Yeah, I don't know if you saw any of the adverts that we were blasting out through the verse. I uh, didn't this time, no. Okay, so we had some basic ones. Uh, you know, the biggest companies, Space Coke, Space Nike, Disney, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're all owned by Disney Supreme, right? But yeah, we can pretend that capitalism is still at work. But it's all its all the mouse, mm -hmm. the space mouse. You want to know what I think is the strangest part about our job? What? So we're transmitting these ads into space. We fly around for a week and we just let these ads out and they bounce from star to star for maybe 100,000 years. Because of that, the marketing department has to be so vague in the way they write these ads. It's, I don't feel like it's delivering a, a concrete message, you know? Like this last time, ready? Drink space Coke, unless otherwise stated. <laughs> Wear space Nikes. If applicable, subscribe to Disney Supreme, the savior, our one truth, bask in its dual spherical majesty, forsake all false idols and purchase for the most recent featured plan. I don't know. I just feel like there's not the heart there anymore. I mean, back in our day when you could actually, when time was more concrete and you didn't have to worry about the longevity of these things, you could say, you know, your space Nikes were an investment. You weren't worried about space Nike being toppled like it was a couple weeks ago. Space Nike got toppled? Oh, you didn't hear? No. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, the uh, Gamlords took it down. Florking Gamlords, man. It's a shame. So we're going to be at the station in about an hour. How about uh, we break out some old world podcasts? You know, just sit back, relax. I, or my grandfather, used to listen to those when he drove a car. I, I don't know what that is. It's like a spaceship, but with wheels and just goes on the ground. But yeah, we can listen to those. We were digging through the archives. I found a niche one early 21st century that I think you'd like. Okay. Uh, Alexa? Resume audio log 6DOC. Hmm, I'm not sure. <sighs> Why do I even program you with these auto responses? <laughs> Retriving old world recording. Buffering. Playing now. Welcome to Six Degrees of <laughs> Celebration. I'm Alan. I'm Matt. And we're here on this beautiful Monday, right? Should be Monday. Yeah. Yeah. We've made the unofficial decision that we're going to be posting on Mondays now. That's what we're hoping for unless, you know, life happens, in which case we'll, we'll let you know. But Mondays is 
the targeted release day. Yeah, I'm trying not to put as much pressure on myself anymore for those things. It takes like 12 hours to edit the podcast. It's crazy. It's a lot, yeah. Which is why I don't do it because I'm not good at it. <laughs> That's why I haven't opted to do it. <laughs> I drop the means, nor the talent, nor the desire. Are you are you as stoked as I am that people are using the, the nickname, I guess you could say? Six DOC? Well, it depends if they're saying, you know, it depends on what they're saying. So here's my, my one weird, one of my many niche quarters of knowledge. Okay. They're, if they're saying the word out, so if they're saying like six doc, then it's an acronym. If they're saying six DOC, that's called an initialism. So like NASA is an acronym. FBI is an initialism. That's cool. I like six DOC. I like six DOC too. I think it has a nice rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. If you say six doc, that is good too. I feel like six doc is too close to sex doc. Like, <laughs> Sitting on the dock of the bay, man. <laughs> so now we're just going to alienate the entire corner of our audience to say six doc. There's some guy driving. He's like, but I say that. He's like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's some guy driving. He's like, but I have a sex doc. Should I not? Is this not what we do? <laughs> you know that song, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay? Yeah. Do you know who wrote it? Otis Redding. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> How do you know who that is? Because I love Otis Redding. All right. Well, I didn't know who Otis Redding was. I was in my car. And in my opinion, OK Google is probably the Jaja Binks of voice softwares. <laughs> what does that mean? Why did I laugh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just sometimes people say things and you laugh because it just sounds funny. Secretly, I do wish that OK Google had a goofier voice so that I could at least smirk when it completely stumbles over my simple request. So I'm a creature of habit, right? I listen to podcasts on my way to work and then I listen to music on my way back. Okay. I'm on my way to work and I say a simple command. OK Google, play Oz 9 on Spotify. It's a sci-fi radio show. It's OK. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's no sick stock. <laughs> I want a t-shirt that says, come on, buy my sex doc. <laughs> <laughs> That's the merch store when we get merch. So it did not play this podcast for me. Okay. Instead, Google decided that what I needed was not sci-fi drama radio show. I needed to learn the truth about my childhood. Okay. Interesting. Let me take you back. The year was 2012. Pitch Perfect, the movie which just answered the subconscious question in the minds of all suburban youth. Is acapella cool now? The answer, does G major have an F sharp? It does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm, okay. It's true. Pitch Perfect had just come out. Everybody was like freaking out about acapella. I was in an acapella group. Needless to say, the popularity of acapella was on the rise. This was a time where we saw the numbers of men in acapella swell to like the upper single digits. <laughs> Stop laughing quietly. <laughs> no. I'm trying to make this easy for you to edit and now like peak the audio. But yeah, we're talking like five or six strong. <laughs> right, you had like, you had like five or six, four of them were a bass, you had one baritone. And then one tenor. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, at that age, there were more tenors than you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> this was like truly the rebirth of the Akka era, though. Did you just say Akka? I did. The Akka era. I need a 45 minute nap. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't build this empire of music without a foundation. And if you've ever listened to acapella, the foundation of acapella are the iconic songs of the 1960s. The reliable songs like Dock of the Bay, My Girl, Stand By Me. Yeah. I could sing these songs 
and I knew them by heart. And it wasn't until this day, back in present day, in my car with my dumb, dumb Google, and <laughs> it's like it goes playing Otis Redding on Spotify. And I was like, I don't, <laughs> this is my commute to work. I don't listen to music. Yeah. I was about to change it. And there was some feeling I had. Maybe it's that we're doing this podcast and I'm starting to like take life one day at a time or something stupid. But I was like, let's let it play. Maybe I'll like it, whoever this guy is. And uh, it started playing, you know, sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was like, this is him. <laughs> okay. And I kept hitting like next, next, next. I realized like all of these different songs, like knock on wood. Yeah. That song that Emma Stone sings in the movie Easy A? Yeah. Yeah, she's trying to, you know, through a series of events, Emma Stone has been labeled as the slutty town pariah, even though she's truly still a virgin. So she does this song and dance during a pep rally, encouraging people to log on to her live stream. And it suggests that it will be some kind of striptease. But instead, she uses the opportunity to state the entire plot of the movie, thus clearing up any misconceptions and making everyone <laughs> confront their assumptions and hypothetical judgments. But it's a good movie. But yeah, so yeah. it's it's that song. Yeah. And I ended up listening to this whole playlist. It's crazy that I lived all this time and I never knew who Otis Redding was. Oh, yeah. I mean, Otis Redding is one of those people who like, I always think of him for Try a Little Tenderness. Mm, yeah. Which is one of his. A, because that song is really, really good. Oh, I know what your B is going to be. I don't think. Do you? I think I do. Okay. I'm going to write it down. Okay. Write it down. I'm ready. Okay. B, it is the sample for Kanye West and Jay-Z's song, Otis. Oh, well, the thing says Shrek. Uh, <laughs> I was so, I was like, we're, sometimes we're on the same wavelength. I don't know if you listened to the episode from last week. Yeah. But there's a point where we're talking about Ember's new groove and we both, we both said, say Kronk at the same time. At the yeah. exact same time. Yeah. It was incredible. It was good. So wait, it's in Conway, Conway. Conway West. Um, is it in Conway West, Sean? It's on, it's on Conway Birdie. <laughs> a couple of years ago, Kanye West and Jay-Z put out an album together and it was supposed to be like, oh my God, the two biggest names in rapper working together. And it was like this <laughs> big deal. And they put out a song called Otis that samples like mm, like a five second chunk towards the end of try a little tenderness it is that bit where it's like mm, chat, mm, chat. Nah, 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 that that little chunk they just loop that i think i can pull it and play like that five second chunk without getting copyrighted probably or we will we'll just give them credit here it is this song that we are commenting on therefore it's a commentary and not production or right here it is they sampled like a five second chunk of try a little tenderness and they just loop that and they make a song out of it and i'm like oh that's really cool and then i discovered the original song I'm like oh you let me down the same way that jenny let me down i came home and i was like do you know who otis redding is and she's like yeah i know who that is oh well all right then to be honest, Jenny and I send each other memes and news about musicians that we both like. To kind of date it a little bit, just recently, uh, Phoebe Bridgers was on SNL. Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, Jenny and I are both big Phoebe Bridgers fans. And so we just sent each other jokes and memes and whatever about Phoebe. Because um, for whatever reason, she makes a lot of memes or is the subject of a lot of memes. <laughs> she said, I keep trying to tell Alan about Phoebe, but he keeps thinking I'm talking about Maggie Rogers. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like, they're both I've, those blonde ones. Right. And this thing is like, I think he just has selective amnesia <laughs> about Phoebe and Maggie specifically. No one else, but just <laughs> Phoebe and Maggie. And I like kind of had the observation of like, that makes sense for him because he doesn't really do like pop music in the way that we do. If I asked you to name your top five Ninja Sex Party songs, that's a challenge. That's hard. Oh, oh, you mean because I know so many of them. Right, because you know so many and they're all like, oh, well, that one's good. That one's good. Like My parents' house is my current favorite. (laughs) Welcome to my parents' house. So good. (laughs) But like, if I asked you to name, like, what are your top five Phoebe songs or what are your top five, you know? I know there's one that she sings in the music video. She's in a skeleton costume and she's like green screened flying through the sky. Yeah. That's all I know. I don't know what the song is. Kyoto. <laughs> Day off in Kyoto. Yeah, it's great. Um, but like, that's the thing is like Ninja Sex Party is not in like the collective consciousness. No. But like <laughs> Phoebe's kind of getting there. Like people are talking about her. But like, that's the thing is you don't consume music the same way that a lot of people do. Thanks. I think. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way you are. Um, so like when you're like, do you know who Otis Redding is? Like everybody's like, yeah, we know who Otis Redding is. In like 50 <laughs> years, I'm going to be like, have you guys heard of Phoebe Bridger? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, she's the president now. <laughs> She's the first president to wear pajamas to her inauguration. <laughs> oh my God, I want that. <laughs> All right, well, here's something you might not know. Did you know he only lived to 26? I didn't. Yeah. He made all this music and this huge impact and he only lived to 26. He would be alive today. He'd be in his 80s. That's wild, actually. Well, especially with like the 27 Club. I don't know what that is. It's this group of musicians who all died when they were 27. They were all supposed to like the bet, like Jimi Hendrix, James Morrison, Amy Winehouse is in there, Kurt Cobain, all these like kind of big Titanic all died when they were 27. Wow. And so I'm like, Otis, I'm like, oh, you're one one year (laughs) off. Close. Right. He's like, ah, like this is what really put it in framework for me. If he was alive today, he'd be making Super Bowl commercial cameos. Yeah. 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 Isn't that crazy? He would be in like, not a funny one. I feel like he would be in like a touching one. We here at Budweiser, we think. We think that it's about time you showed yourself a little tenderness. Right. Isn't that right, Otis? And he's like in the back (laughs) on the piano, like. (laughs) <laughs> right, which is a beard, <laughs> just like that—that that subtle smile. <laughs> right, so not like a, not like. A I'm gonna screenshot deep. that and put it on the Facebook. <laughs> put a Bud, Budweiser ad around it. I, I just thought of—he um, had glasses on to show the time had passed. <laughs> Another John Mulaney quote. We're getting ever closer to our quota. We're just gonna. I feel like one week we're just do a John Mulaney special. I, I think we should. I think that'd be fun. The John the John Mulaney spectacular. I'll have to look up fair use to see how many of his jokes we can put in the podcast before we're copywriting. Right. Or and if we give him credit, if we say it's John Mulaney and uh, passing off as our own, and he's pretty cool. I, I imagine he's a good guy. I imagine he doesn't really care about that stuff. Do you know why I wrote Shrek on a piece of paper? Why did you write Shrek? You didn't know? No. I don't think that song's in that movie. Oh, it's not. It's a line <laughs> from that movie. Shrek is about to barge into the wedding between Laura Farquaad and Fiona. Yeah. You see, Fiona is a princess cursed to look like an ogre at night, but she thinks she has to marry Lord Farquaad so she can break the curse. Even though she's in love with Shrek, he totally shoved her off because he's terrible at eavesdropping and assume the context without hearing Shrek. the whole conversation. So Shrek is returning to break up the wedding because Donkey cleared up the simple miscommunication and gave him a dragon ride. He's about to knock on the wedding door and like burst open and Donkey's like, I'll forever hold your peace. And that's when you say, I object. Oh, I don't have time for this. Hey, wait, wait, what are you doing? Listen to me. Look, you love this woman, don't you? Yes. You want to hold her? Yes. Please. Uh, yes. Then you got to, got to try a little tenderness.
The chicks love that romantic crap. There it is. It's like super loose. I didn't even pick up on that. You're talking about how I don't absorb music the same way other people do. Yeah. And this is another example of me watching movies. I was like, oh, that's a weird line that Donkey always said. And I was like, it's a reference to something, but I don't know what to. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, it's fun. All right. So then I go into mine. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm done. I love this like backstage like shuffle where it's like, right. And um, (laughs) it feels like we're at a script reading. You're like, it's like like a read through where you're like, and then I do. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And so this is when I move over here and I face you and I say, speaking of. (laughs) Yeah. I truly think that we're actually in the golden age of TV on a regular basis. Oh, really? Well, because everyone talks about like the 50s and 60s being the golden age of TV, a.k.a. the first age of TV. Right. Well, I mean, so I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Everyone, you know, everything's good when you're young. But I genuinely believe that now, like what we are currently living in is the golden age of TV and shows. The reason I know this is because every single person talks about how many shows there are and complains about how many good shows there are. And whenever you recommend a show to someone, they say, oh, I got to add another one out of the show to my list. And everyone's just like, has this back catalog of television that they have to watch or they feel they have to watch. And, but then like the minute they watch it, they can't stop. They want to talk about it like at length. And I have fallen into that again. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine recommended a new show to me that I just started. I love it. It is called Search Party. It came out a couple years ago, like 20, I think 2015, 2016, but didn't get a lot of traction. I think it was just on like cable, but I think recently it got a bit more traction because it's on HBO Max. So it got on there and I watched one and a half seasons out of four. And I love this so much because it's so weird. And like 10 years ago, it would not have been made because we've come like that far in terms of like what we expect out of shows now that we're like, you can push me a little bit in terms of what the makeup of this is. I mean, I'm so curious. Yeah. So what this show is about, it's about four friends who find out that I'm going to call her an acquaintance. It's like someone they knew about in college has gone missing. Okay. That she is a missing person. And basically one of them decides that she's going to find her. <laughs> that's the classic case of like making it about you yeah yeah it's like, i'm gonna like i'm gonna i'm gonna go find you know chantal i we were like really close in high school i like sat next to them but that's the thing that's what i think why i love this so much it's because these characters have i'm not spoiling anything but like these characters literally have no reason to look for this girl they were not <laughs> they were not like close they were like they were, i think like in the first 10 minutes i literally described like i don't know she was just always kind of nice to me that's it it just gets more and more wild and funny and clever but because it's like a contemporary comedy and i feel like a lot of comedies are doing this now which i'm actually i like mm-hmm. it has as many like emotional gut punches as it does jokes so it has as many like oh my god character development moment yeah and it as it does like quip or like a funny joke yeah I think I totally get what you're what you're saying. I mean, we're very lucky that we're growing up in this period of time when we're also developing our tastes to be more acclimated to that. When I'm picking a new show, I'm constantly looking not just for like trash to put in my eyes. I'm looking for something where I'm gonna like see <laughs> some cool character. Trash for your eyes. <laughs> trash for your eyes, sir. Soup for your family. 
And that's the thing is, I think our standard has been raised so much. Oh, yeah. In terms of like what we expect our content to be. It's not just like it's on. I now have everything that ever has been made or ever will be made at my fingertips. You pointed that out to me. I think it was like a month ago or something. You were like, does it ever like wild you out that if they just stopped making content right now, you still wouldn't be able to watch it all? And this is all just like the well-known stuff. Mm -hmm. What about those like long lost shows or like movies? that just like oh no we don't talk about that anymore like it's wild to me that like let's put everything that we ever made up on this service and let's just keep making stuff too but like <laughs> at that same level for the most part but let's dump a whole lot of money at it i think i saw some of those like wandavision cost 25 million dollars <laughs> an episode <laughs> oh no right just like space disney what are you doing wait wait, like, wait wait have you watched wandavision yet Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like all of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have to watch it. <laughs> you do. I was talking with the guys the other day and they were like, Hey, have you watched that show you were talking about on the podcast? I was like, not yet. Like, <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> it is really fun to watch. And it is a bright, shiny, like plasticine exterior of like fun. Yeah. But it is like borderline psychological horror in like <laughs> a very, very narrow sense of what is actually going on. I really, I like that. I feel you, like yeah. I'm going to have fun with that. They do employ little like time tricks Ooh. of like this was made in the 50s so we're going to shoot it like it was done in the 50s this yeah done in the 60s we're going to shoot it like it was done in the 60s and they have all these just these little camera tricks and just little things that they do that you're just like that adds such a layer of authenticity to it right yeah in search party yeah search party yes when you were talking about like these gut punching moments yeah what is what is it rated i think it's tvma like they swear but like there's like blood and gore and it's not like we're a bunch of goofy friends going out to find this person it's like getting heavy getting heavy it's more intrigue than i would say like there's been a murder like kind of, <laughs> it's more just like these emotionally heavy moments because you're kind of seeing this person kind of like not the hole that she left or is leaving by being missing so in religious studies there's an idea called meaning making you know this thing happened to me or i found this in a sermon i'm gonna kind of find the meaning in it or i'm gonna kind of find a lesson there so like it's kind of that like it's these people kind of taking this tragedy that's happened if this girl has gone missing and they're gonna kind of make it about them <laughs> what this means for them in their life and in a lot of ways it reflects back on them as to where they are in their lives mm -hmm. and because i'm watching this as a millennial and because a lot of these characters are millennials i'm like oh god i'm being seen that's how i feel on a scale from paper towns to stranger things where does this fall more on the paper towns in the spectrum oh okay, like it's okay, like it's okay. like it's quirky Right. It's fun, but has some like Rick and Morty style, like, oof. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you mean now. Yeah, okay. Like the first time Morty has to bury himself. <laughs> the first time? <laughs> when Morty has to bury himself and they play like the, the Mazzy Star song, just see him like slow motion walking through his house. Mm. Like that level, like that style. You're just kind of sitting there like gobsmacked over what just happened. I want to watch this now. You should watch it. The humor is not like your normal, what you would necessarily find always funny, but it is really enjoyable in a way. I think you would identify with it in a way. I'm right now I'm watching Kipo in the Age of the Wonder Beasts. I've heard of this. I've heard it's actually really well done. Yeah, it is. And I think you would really enjoy it because it looks like the animator was the same person that did the original Teen Titans. Ooh. 
Yeah. Okay. The, the original Teen Titans? Yeah, not Teen Titans okay. Go, but <laughs> Teen Titans. I will say Teen Titans Go is a kind of brilliant level of self-aware that I do really enjoy. When I first saw Teen Titans Go, I thought it was going to be just like this cutesy, like, let's keep making content for the sake of money. But I did watch a few episodes and they literally do make fun of the characters that they are. They make fun of like how Raven has like a demon dad. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it is very just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So translating that over, Kipo doesn't do that. What Kipo is, is just a good show. Okay, good. It's got the humor from like the original Teen Titans, but it also has like those emotional moments. I watched an episode two days ago and I almost cried. That's always good. It was a pure, loving, like really well done character development moment. Which you always love to see. Mm-hmm. All that is on my list of shows. I, I got <laughs> so many shows. And that's the worst thing, right? Is you watch these shows and you're like, that was a really good show. I'm going to keep it on the list because I want to rewatch it. No, you're never getting back to it. The worst part is that you keep like, I have all these shows, but yet I will continue to rewatch Parks and Rec. Every <laughs> joke like like the 13th rewatch of The Office. It's like when you get a cookbook and all oh, these recipes are amazing, but I'm still going to have tacos every night. <laughs> Very much just like, oh, I can do all this like modern Israeli cooking. And it was like a <laughs> put some cheese in a tortilla and put some <laughs> ketchup on yeah <laughs> ketchup. Like, oh no who's put ketchup on their tacos not ketchup like a quesadilla so if i had a tortilla with cheese i would put like some spicy ketchup are you thinking salsa no i'm thinking like ketchup. you put like, ketchup on your taco spicy ketchup sriracha no spicy ketchup i don't think you know what spicy no <laughs> no i do <laughs> all right hold on google spicy ketchup <laughs> oh sh! they make spicy ketchup i stand corrected you can also buy a heinz tomato ketchup hoodie <laughs> it's just like the big logo on is it a red hoodie oh yeah it's straight up red it's literally like your ketchup bottle perfect i know what i must become <laughs> hey have you seen 10 things i hate about you yes just a long time ago i'm not talking about it <laughs> okay <laughs> It's my segue oh. from things to watch into what I want to talk about next. Okay. There's a song in it that is stuck in my head forever. And the song isn't for the movie. They just put it in there. I want you to want me. Yeah. Cheap trick. I've been thinking a lot about who I am as a person. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. <sighs> so what do you like about yourself? <laughs> I've been trying to figure out why I exist and what it is that I I want. Okay. Yeah. Which are big topics. And I don't mean in the way that like, I'm here to provide service to the world. I've figured out over my 26 years, a few concrete things about myself, analyzing actions based on feelings. And like, I've got like 26 years of data that I've sifted through. And I've come to this current hypothesis about like, who am I? Right. And it is that I have a need to be needed. Okay. I agree with that to the way that we all kind of want to be needed and we all kind of want to be wanted Yeah, <laughs> in a certain capacity. Like it's always nice to have that appreciation. So I, I think that's kind of very universal in a way. I haven't experienced a stronger feeling of happiness than when someone has come to me because they needed me. Like you specifically. Like me specifically. Not like, hi, you're a body. Can you do this task? They came to me and they're like, Alan, I need your help. And I'm like, <gasps> yeah, that's key. Feel like I've locked it down to three different reasons why I think this is. And it could be a combination of all three. When someone comes to you for help, they're choosing not to go to someone else. Yeah. Like they're effectively saying out of all the people in the world, I'm choosing you. 
Right. And that gives you like a huge boost to your self-esteem and it like feeds your ego a little bit thinking like, oh, you chose me out of everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I think that gives you like a little bit of that chipperness. The second reason I think this might be is it shows a level of trust. They're saying, I trust in your abilities. I I trust in your work ethic. Like I trust you as a person. I feel comfortable and I trust you enough to come to you with my problem and like trust that you're going to solve it for me. Earning someone's trust is really powerful. It frees you from self-doubt and social anxiety. If you have social anxiety, you're, you're constantly wondering, how do these people feel about me? Like, are we, are we still good? And if somebody comes to you in this way, you're like, oh, I don't have to wonder. <laughs> We're still good. <laughs> We're still good. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third thing, which I think we could really dive into, and I know you have a lot to talk about. Sure. It's like, feel like existential dread is fought with this sort of personal connection. Yes. I think existential dread in that sense of like, what am I doing here? Exactly. What is my role? What purpose do I serve? Mm -hmm. And then if someone comes to you and says like, I want you to do this or I need you for this. It's just like, that's the thing. That's why I'm here. Right. Yeah. If you ever ask the question, you know, like if I disappeared tomorrow, you know, like would anyone notice? Yeah. These people coming to you would notice. Yeah. That's a weird feeling of security in your place in the universe, knowing that even on this small scale, you are still a cog that is meshing with other machinery. Absolutely. And I think just the way you interact with the world and just seeing the imprint that is left, when you actually get to see the imprint, because I don't think you do when you're making it. I don't think you see the effects you're having on other people, but seeing that effect takes you out of just your kind of normal day to day. And every once in a while, you get to kind of like, oh, wow, I do this, this, and this, or I mean this, this, and this. Yeah. Having that sense of importance is a really good feeling when you do get to experience it. And I think in that same realm, we all have a responsibility to help other people experience it. Absolutely. You know, if we feel touched by someone or if we feel influenced by somebody, feel like somebody has left a mark in a positive way, I think it's our duty to let them know, you know? And it comes down to those just like those little kind of gimmicky, kitschy, random acts of kindness and things or just little comments to someone. They may be weird to other people. It's like, that is my day. Yeah. I saw a video of someone driving by a woman in like a Target parking lot and she rolled down her window and she yelled at this woman. She goes, hey, you dropped something. And she like stops and looks behind her and then she goes, you dropped your crown because you're a queen. And the woman just goes, oh, and like gets all flustered and it's like, duh. And she's like, thank you. And just like that, that is wholesome as like, <laughs> you dropped your crown because you're a queen and just like <laughs> no it's this it's this wonderful woman and she's just like really flustered just really kind of taken aback and this woman drives off just that imparting good will and just i think really positive attitude and just hey i see you you're important in that same realm i mean if somebody were to review a podcast <laughs> that sure would let us know that we left a mark. <laughs> if someone wanted to post on our Facebook that just like, hi, I really enjoy this, that would be fantastic. Because we still don't have Apple set up. Really? Still? I haven't heard anything. I might reach out to Anchor. Somebody needs to reach out to Apple and let them know about this mark, this influence they've had on us <laughs> that's excessively negative. <laughs> Which I'm sure they would not appreciate because they have some really wild brand deal stipulations for example in a movie they do not allow villains to use iphones oh my gosh because villains don't use iphone or whatever they right. don't want to associate without the brand that's insane 
that if you're watching like a murder mystery or like a detect like a crime you can figure out who the killer is like you're not using an iphone um, <laughs> is that a nokia he did it <laughs> yes is that a samsung galaxy s2 put this guy behind bars right he's like what it's like sir exhibit a and android crash <laughs> and, and just like right <laughs> And speaking of Apple and things that occur naturally, like pears, like pears and, and birth. weather, weather, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> Recently in the Northeast area of the United States, where we both live, uh, we got some weather. My address is <laughs> apartment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That way you can send them gifts. <laughs> so we got some weather where we live currently, and we got some snow, which we had not really gotten a lot of this past year. Not as much as we used to. Right, right, right. But I was just thinking about this because when it was snowing the other day, and it was actually in the process of snowing, I had to take Jake out for his walk, and he gets all excited, and he kind of barrels through the snow because <laughs> he's little. And, you know, it got up to the point where he kind of had to, like, pick himself up to, like, <laughs> get through it. Yeah. I was just thinking about how lovely I think that sensation is of walking through snow because like walking through rain, some people enjoy it. I'm not one for it. <laughs> walking through like heat is nice or like cool weather is nice. But I think snow has a certain calmness that I really, really enjoy. I mean, it's like the slowest thing that falls from the sky, right? Right. And that's the thing is there's weather happening, but it doesn't necessarily feel like something's happening. It is calming. It is almost silent. Like it almost absorbs sound versus rain or anything like that, which creates sound. Yeah, that's true. Like you think about what it sounds like when it's snowing and I can't picture a sound. Right, but it's just this very like, it's just, just still. And I just wanted to talk about how nice that feeling is to just have that sense of silence and that sense of stillness. That is just really, really relaxing. Granted, I am not a fan of what happens when it stops snowing, which is uh, slush, but that's beside the point. Kind of to our conversation last week about mindfulness and being in that moment now, the idea of being in snow as it is falling and as that kind of sense of calm, there's gonna be something before this and there's something after this, but like right now, this is nice. I like that. I'm going to have things to say about it, but I'm picturing it. I'm in the snow yeah. right now and I'm like, oh. it's just very still. You know what I think of when I think of that sensation? I'm in my parents' living room. The Christmas tree is the only light on. It's dark everywhere else. It's nighttime outside. I'm seeing like the light light up some of the snow that's flying by the window. And I'm watching a romantic comedy and it, I'm like the <laughs> only one that's awake. And I'm like bundled up with a blanket. That is that is the feeling. It's so nice. I love that. <laughs> just that, that coziness and just that like, hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to someone else about this, like the sensation of going from outside in the snow to warm is like euphoric. Going from like, I've shoveled in the snow or just walked in the <laughs> snow or whatever else and you're cold and whatever else. And just going to like inside is just like oh, getting a hot drink or like putting something on. I would think the same feeling for any time a hot summer was going on and you'd go into that one air conditioned room in your house because you don't have central air. Yeah. Yeah. The, the transition <laughs> between like it is 80,000 degrees out. I am sweaty and gross and just being like hit by the cool wave. Like you feel your body stop sweating and it Right, it's like, <laughs> yes. 
this is my entire day. Like this is everything I want. You know, what was a tradition back in the day? My younger sister and I would sit in her room because it was one of the two rooms that had air conditioning and we would watch Danny Phantom. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good show. I remember we used to get like a lot of snow. My dad had a snow blower that he used to clear out everything with and one of the things he used to do uh while it was snowing he didn't want to do like the whole you don't want to shovel while it's snowing to a certain extent because it's just going to get covered up again later so you like do a little path you know we'll come back later so i've only had little dogs just under knee high he used to snow blow them trenches <laughs> to go outside yeah and so you'd have these little like 15 pound whatever just like barreling down my back steps and just like <laughs> book it through the trench right you know imagine jake just like pew, just like shooting through the trench <laughs> just like in this circle just just because like oh my god there's so much and that's what i always think it was my dad like making these trenches and like where are they and then having like go through and try to find them because they oh yeah because they're locked. too short right you can see them oh that's awesome I always think it's funny that people have like certain memories or certain sensations mm -hmm. linked with environments or linked with conditions. So like, like a white Christmas, like a, a Christmas where it snowed is always just like a, <gasps> <laughs> That's true. it did the thing. Like those summer when it's like 70 degrees at 7 PM, the sun's still out or it's still like kind of light out. And everyone, I think most people have like memories or just ideas linked to those or even just feelings linked to those, like my feeling with snow falling specifically. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just calm. Mm. And I always think the toy is very nice. I was at work when the snow started falling and I saw it through the window <laughs> and I got so excited. The memory I associated with that moment was being in school and you're just going about your day in school and then someone's like, it's snowing. And you look outside and it's like, <laughs> yeah, somehow that makes a difference. It's like, it's not a school day anymore. Right. <laughs> it's, it's snowing outside. Reason, right. It's like, we have to watch this thing. I, I think it's because like, it's whether you can play in or like kind of interact mm -hmm. with versus rain where just like, this is happening to me. Yeah. It's a moment where you can interact with the weather and it doesn't affect the brightness outside, which is huge. Mm -hmm. And it also doesn't soak you and have this lasting effect. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think Silent Night was written looking at the snow for tempo? I'm not sure, but I want to think of that now because it, it does feel that way. Yeah. I know it's about Jesus, but it could be about snow. <laughs> what has Jesus done for me lately? <laughs> <laughs> you know, another memory that's come back into my life recently. <laughs> what? The early 2000s virtual space. How do you mean? I'm talking Club Penguin. Uh, I'm talking Toontown. I'm talking Adventure Quest, Maple mm, Story. Yep. The early 2000s browser game social. RuneScape. Yeah, exactly. These things are so cool because you would meet up with your friends at school and you chat and then you'd say like, bye, I'll see you online. And then you hop online. And you hang out with your friends there. And then when you go back to school again, you're talking about the stuff you guys did last night. And it is this cool moment of shared experiences. And mm -hmm. it built this ability to be social without having to go over their house anymore. Mm -hmm. So RuneScape, right? Yes. If anybody has never played RuneScape, it's a... Okay, I actually have never played RuneScape. I have seen RuneScape. Like, I know 
how it looks and I see it in my head, but I've never played it. And I did pitch this to you the other day. I was like, it would be a fun groomsman bonding thing if we all got together, not physically, and we just played RuneScape. <laughs> right. Yeah, we hop on like a Discord voice chat and we all just RuneScape together. <laughs> right, exactly. I think it's doable. It was a browser game that, that was released in 2001. First version, which is not the one that people commonly know, it had a 3D world and 2D sprites. And the sprites, which like the character models, they looked like they were made in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> it was like really, really bad. I didn't get into RuneScape until what they call RuneScape 2, which is what we now know is just RuneScape. And that's the iconic version with like these 3D blocky models. Right. Since then, the game has had like a huge overhaul. Like I hopped in RuneScape now and <laughs> it's insane. It's, yeah, I understand that like, they did a whole renovation to it and it like looks totally different. Oh yeah, and the animations and like everything. Everything is completely overhauled and it looks amazing. And it's actually very, very fun to play. The only downside is microtransactions, but that's the curse of our world currently. Capitalism. Yeah, but if you wanna play the RuneScape, I'm gonna talk about old school RuneScape. There's a literal thing called old school RuneScape. <laughs> It's a, you can get an app on your phone and play something. I used to have to hook up my computer and load up a browser to play. You can just play on your phone. It's a free app called Old School RuneScape, which that alone boggles my mind that we can now play games on our phones that we used to have to have a whole setup to play. You can get Knights of the Old Republic on your phone. Which is like wrong. It's crazy. I used to have to have a whole Xbox to do that. <laughs> like that, yeah, that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, that's how you know that we really are moving towards the robot uprising. For sure. And the fact that like you have all these AIs and all these, didn't Elon Musk say like the new Tesla can run cyberpunk? It was something <laughs> like that. And it's just like, it's so advanced. It can run cyberpunk, like performance mode, like full 60 FPS, 4K. This is the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> That's insane, though. Did you see the most recent video from Boston Dynamics? I did, of the, like the dancing robots? Of the dancing robots, yeah. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know, this is the company whose sole purpose is to kill mankind. Right. This is not true, but they, it feels like that's what they're doing. Feels like it. They literally built a robot that if you kick it over, it can balance itself or get back up. And I think they had a robot that could like disarm like a person with a gun. They built robots that can climb stairs, open doors. I'm like, these are our naturally built defenses and you are disarming us. What else do you have? Like, you don't <laughs> have anything. <laughs> if they can open doors, how, like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I've, I feel like I've seen enough sci-fi movies that I know they're like, oh, all of our technology is turning against us. We need to go back to nature and like <laughs> sticks kill it. Like... <laughs> If you shot them with bullets, they would cease functioning. A la Return of the Jedi. It's not like lasers. It's the like giant skull crushy logs that come together on the ad -at. Like, <laughs> It's just like, Look at boom. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I said that was a Jawa. That was a Jawa. Ewok. Yeah. It's like that. Ewoks go like, chop, chop. Yeah. <laughs> chop, chop. Everyone just knows the song. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a bop. I used to play RuneScape with my dad and my uncle, which was super fun. But I was a kid, I didn't understand like half the game mechanics. Right. I knew enough to have fun, but that was it. Looking back, I apparently understood a lot more of the meta of the game than I thought I did. If anybody doesn't know, when we say the word meta, we're referring to kind of looking at the game at a higher level and looking at the mechanics and how you can manipulate those. Meta means about the thing itself. Yeah. 
So you're like looking at it from a higher perspective, like how in Monopoly, because you're using two six sided die to roll, there's a higher probability that you're going to roll a seven. And so you, you can plan that information around how you play. So that, that's the meta of it. I was moved by nostalgia to download old school RuneScape and play it. It is just as enjoyable as I remember. But the most surprising part is that the meta hasn't changed. I don't, it's just the same functionality. I don't even mean like that. The part that struck me was the meta of how other people play hasn't changed. Okay. So here's an iconic example. In the northern part of the world, there's this barbarian village. It's a great place to grind your combat skill because there's a bar where beer and cooked meat spawn on the tables. So those regenerate health and you can just keep eating, drinking and fighting constantly. <laughs> That's great. That in itself is meta. But what I'm talking about is outside the village, there's a fishing spot where bots will set up to fish salmon. And if anybody doesn't know what a bot is, it's literally like a character that somebody created and then program so that it'll run an automatic sequence of tasks without a person having to actually be there at the computer. It's technically cheap, <laughs> but people set up these bots to fish the salmon. And then when their inventory is full, they drop the salmon on the ground and they keep fishing. And that's how they max out their fishing skill. And so if you can get your cooking skill high enough to where you can effectively cook salmon, you can just go over there, pick up the salmon that these bots are dropping, cook it, eat it, and then keep doing that without having to catch it yourself. And I load up the app and I go to the barbarian village and there are the bots. Like people are still doing, doing this. It. And it was, yeah, it was amazing. I can't even explain how amazing this is. Picture it, right? It almost made me cry. It was like visiting your old school hometown, seeing the field you used to play kick the can in, but there are still kids playing kick the can in that field. It's insane. It was like nostalgia ultima. Like the past is happening now. And it is this feeling of like the kids are all right. And like I said, this nostalgia of just like, I remember doing this and I remember, you know, grinding and the salmon and everything. And he's having that sensation of like being recognized. I don't know why it made me so happy. I think it's because, like I said, nostalgia is this feeling of remembering how things used to be and being mm -hmm. like reminded of how things used to be. Whereas this was experiencing literally how they used to be. But I don't know. I mean, nostalgia can be that too. Like if you go to your old home day or something, yeah. like you went to old home days as a kid, and there the band is playing that same marching song. Yeah. And you feel nostalgia there. I don't know why this had such a deep effect on me. I think it's because it, it, it is so time capsule-y. If, if you went to like your high school reunion, you went to a home day. It's like, oh, I'm seeing people I knew from then now. So like time progressed versus I am seeing this as it was then. And mm -hmm. I'm seeing things that are happening now as it was done then. And you're right. It is time capsule-y. I think that's why it might have struck you so hard is because it's, it's so ingrained in that time and in that place that when you experience it, it like everything comes back. You know what I just thought about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is it weird that we're like, let's get the guys together, you know, grab some drinks and play RuneScape. Do you think there was a, a game that the older generation did that with? And I was like, oh, well, poker. <laughs> they literally did they it played with poker. poker yeah they played yeah. poker in the game <laughs> i love that like people our age or our generation or whatever are like getting to that time we're like oh we're gonna get together and play games and like we have money to invest in this stupid stuff like mm -hmm. or like or not even stupid just like this like i remember for a while you were talking to me about a gaming table 
Yeah. Like a really high quality artisan gaming table. Yeah. Where like the center sections take come out and they've got a grid underneath and there's room for your miniatures so you can put the top back on and it doesn't mess up anything underneath. Yes. And you were talking to me at this because you were like, I'm going to have a gaming room and like this is the space and this is the table. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, this is what we're spending our money on. I'm also in love with that people have like who spent who are able to spend money on like hobbies or like interests. So like I remember I had a friend in high school bragging. <laughs> I had a friend Sorry, in bragging high about your friend. In high I had a friend in high school. I had a friend in high school. Oh, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> her 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 dad was a hardcore Beatles fan and had a Beatles room for his collection. It was a lot posters and records and replica instruments and like all of this stuff. He had no reason to have all this stuff he was not like a scholar it was not for work it was not for anything it was just something that he loved and just poured thousands and thousands of dollars (laughs) into it at one point i remember he had a a little 45 record you know a little bigger than your palm a little bit in your hand rather it had this bag like stapled to it this plastic bag and it just had stuff in it and it looked like candy and i was like what's this goes oh that's a licorice 45 basically when they were marketing and trying to get kids to buy these records they would give you a bag of licorice with the 45 and he never ate it and it's the same one from like 1964 it's cool but it's also it's like yeah it's yeah it's a lot i'm sitting there my like 18 19 year old self just like it's the same it's the same (laughs) it it hasn't been open it was nope it wasn't even his I think he like bought it off eBay or something. Okay. It wasn't his. It was just like, no, I need the licorice 45. Right. But just the fact that he just spent all of this money and all this time collecting and curating this like room to this band. And he dumped money into that nostalgia and that like, I'm going to put time and effort into this thing that I love. Right. Yeah. He's going to be super bummed when he finds out all of them died. <laughs> When, I mean, when they all die, two of them, we still got two out of four. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, time is weird. I just learned <laughs> that Otis Redding could have been alive today. I, I thought that all the Beatles were dead. Nope. The, uh, <laughs> just, just John and George. We still got Paul and Ringo. I never said I was a smart man. <laughs> I just have a podcast. <laughs> There's the sh- there's the shirt. There's the shirt. <laughs> Perfect. You know what you just made me realize is the fact that I was feeling kind of guilty about spending all this money for a gaming table, but our grandfathers had poker tables. They weren't doing anything else with that table besides playing poker. Or pool tables. And if you put like a drink on the felt, they were like, get us off the felt. Yeah, exactly. It would flip out because like you're going to ruin it. It's a unitasker. <laughs> this is a strawberry huller. Like this is, serves one thing and it's all it does is just plays pool. What is my purpose? You pass the butter. Oh my God. <laughs> oh like, my God. <laughs> that's what a pool table is. At least my game table can be eaten on. Exactly. Speaking of bringing stuff from the past back. Speaking of eating off things. <laughs> Speaking of eating off things, old college friends. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Jeez, crap. That, like, put my fingers on the back of the glasses, like, wow, 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 The Jess from New Girl, the wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Recently, I got a text from an old college friend who I used to live with. You used to eat off? Yep, used to eat off of them all the time. <laughs> Down by the sex dock. <laughs> the sex dock. You know the sex dock in Fitchburg State? Yeah, the sex dock. <laughs> and he messaged me, hi, do you have discord and i do not for gaming but for like just various groups i'm you know a part of or whatever like i'm a part of a book club on discord that's cool 
for stuff I'm a patron of on Patreon. They have like Discord servers. My sister did her wedding party through Discord. Yeah, yeah. it's a super it's super easy and very low key. Um, and so he messaged me and goes, "Do you have Discord?" I said, "Yes, I do." It goes, "Sweet, I'm adding you to the group." <laughs> Okay. It's like, send me your stuff. I send him my thing. And it's all these people I used to eat off of. Yeah. used to eat off in college. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> you like, I remember your stomach. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I remember your body sushi. Um, oh God. It's all these people that I like used to know and used to like see all the time. They're like, oh my God, how are you? What are you doing? Like I would see you sporadically or like hear rumblings that what you were doing. Yeah. But like I never like talked recently at least. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I finished my master's. I'm getting married. I'm engaged. I am married. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> do you want to see the, here's my wife, which is just like, you have a wife? Like, Get away from my wife. Exactly. That's the one reason I want to marry a woman is so I can say my wife. Yeah, there's no punctuation when you say husband. Right. It's like my husband. I'm like, okay. <laughs> my wife. It's almost depressing. It is. Like, uh, yeah, my husband's on the couch. <laughs> they know what they're getting into. Um, <laughs> and I want to talk about just like reconnecting and just like getting caught up with everything. And just like the person who invited me to this group, he has an, a local Emmy for work. He works for a, a news station. I don't remember which one. I'm sorry. Oh, cool. But he has like a local Emmy for editing. He just says it's an Emmy. I'm like, it's a local Emmy. He goes, it's an Emmy. <laughs> but it's like the thing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And like, it's like, oh, what, do, what have you been up to? Oh, you're, you, you finished your masters and you're in get, like all the stuff. It was funny because like everyone was like, oh, I, I want to you know, make this group so we could all kind of get caught up, talk about awesome stuff we're doing. You finished your masters. Matt has an awesome podcast. Like, <gasps> Yeah, exactly. It's just one of those things of like reconnecting can be so enjoyable, especially with, with people you kind of always wanted to be better friends with. I get that. Or like talk with more or whatever else. Like, I feel like you and I would be, Yeah, you know, we would get along, but we just don't talk a lot. If I hadn't been finding myself, we would have been real good friends in college. Right, exactly. <laughs> Hold on, can I just let Jake out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, he wants to leave the room. So okay. one second. <laughs> While Matt's gone, I'm going to tell all of you an embarrassing story. One time, Matt and I were on the couch. Oh, he's coming back. And he farted and I totally smelled it, but I didn't say anything. I'm going to hear that in the final cut, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I want to just mention, if you're thinking about someone you used to talk to a lot or just someone you used to know a lot, I'm sure they would be delighted to hear from you. If there is someone from like an old job or, you know, just college or just whatever. And it's like, hi, just, you know, I thought about you and I hope you're doing well. You know, if someone were to do that to me, the only way I think I would appreciate it is if they told me I didn't have to respond. Do you want to spit out your water? <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. Just like, I think it's a good way to approach it. I'm just like, hi, you know, just saying hi. Hope you're doing well. Not like, hi, how are you? Right. Yeah. Those are the ones I love when people do that because they're being thoughtful and they're reaching out and they thought of me and we talked about like being needed and stuff like that. It's like, oh, out of everyone, you messaged me. Yeah. But there's something about somebody will send me a message and be like, hey, how's it going? I just want to check in and see how you're doing. And maybe it's my own insecurity about how I'm doing, but I'm like, oh. I don't want to respond to this. Yeah, there's a certain like, I don't want to go through the whole thing again. Don't make me rehash the past six years. <laughs> don't make me rehash the past like six months. Right. <laughs> but just like that feeling of just like, hi, I thought of you. I hope you're well. It's nice. It's really nice. That is a good feeling. That feeling of reconnection is that feeling of just like, 
or having those memories of just like, do you remember that time when you and I stayed up to like 5 a.m. just like talking or whatever, you know, whatever else? And being like, oh yeah, I think about that all the time. Like me too. Oh, thank God. I'm not the weird guy who's like, do you remember that? And they're like, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Go, who are you? You must be weird. No one else has ever experienced that before. Why are you in my house? <laughs> But yeah, just that just that feeling of remembering those good things and just reformatting the relationship or the friendship in a way that's just like, all right, so we met each other at a different time as, you know, we have progressed and as we have become different people and different things have happened to us, we're going to kind of update. Yeah, if only there was like a place where all of you could share that kind of information in a social setting in some kind of like network, you know, between all of you. We did. Uh, well, like at one point we just played Brawl. Brawlhalla. One of was like, have you ever played Brawlhalla? I'm like, nope. Goes, it's a Smash clone. I'm like, got it. Let's go. And we're going to try to organize some stuff like some over the summer or whatever else. And I'm super happy for you, Matt. That sounds awesome. Thank you. I think I would enjoy that kind of thing too if I weren't so ashamed of the person I had been in college. <laughs> no, you can't be. I can't not be, man. That's how I am such a good person today. <laughs> but, but I mean, yes, but it's also part of you. You're not you now if you weren't you then. Yeah, I mean, so I feel shame of it, but I don't, I regret hurting the people I hurt, but I don't regret Yeah. how it all turned out. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the distinction is like, I made mistakes and I regret, you know, what happened from those mistakes that I made or, you know, mm -hmm. what I said to people. But like, ultimately, that is part of me and it's part of what I did and just being at peace with that. And I've done what I can do and this is me now and I'm going forward. Well, maybe I should start reaching out to people. I think it'd be nice. Or even just like old friends from camp or, you know, old friends from college. I uh, Okay, I think I see what you mean now. Yeah. I'm not going to organize a whole Discord page and invite people to it, but I do send like the odd Snapchat. Hey, remember when you gave me this like little toy bear? I still have it in my car. Right, and you're just like, how old are you? And they're like 26. You're like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you if you do that, great. If you don't, that's fine too. But just like, I, I encourage people to kind of experience that. Like, I remember you. This is really useful lessons for people going into their like after college life. After college is really scary. If you went to college. Yeah. After college life is your first time when you don't have like constant interactions with new people. You don't have constant interaction with new people. And I thought about this a lot because I feel like after college is the first time you don't have an expectation. Yeah. For however many years of your life, the 16 years of schooling you went through, whatever it was, you know, school, summer, school, summer, school. And you just did that. And then after you graduate college, it goes, okay, now go do something. Go get a job. Go live your life and like but what about my structure because nope you make your own structure now yep <laughs> uh, like and just finding that like that transition is rough mm. especially going from such a social to not is a whiplash it is but we encourage you to kind of keep in touch with those people if you can and just make sure to hold on to friends as best you can yeah hold them by the hand and walk through the snow down to that old sex dock and eat food off their bellies like you used to in the good old days. <laughs> that got really weird. <laughs> Full circle, Matt. I feel like we really helped people today. God damn, it would <laughs> bring a tear to my eye. I think that does it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that does it for this week. Thank you to Lakey Inspired for our theme song, The Process. You're listening to it now. Unless we go really long in this outro, in which case you'll be listening to it a little bit later. It'll come though. Any second now. Sitting on the sex dock bay, <laughs> watching the... <laughs>
Our podcast is available on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts, but not Apple. Not Apple. Like, honestly, if you have like two seconds or you're on your phone listening to this and you can just open up Facebook, hop over to our Facebook page and literally just like type in a review of like, hey, I like this or this good. It's a, it's a, it's a good little fun thing to do. Like we talked about today, it's a way to reach out to somebody and let them know that they're making an impact on you. And we appreciate it. And when that good karma comes around to you, you're going to appreciate it. Matt, thanks for being here. Alan, thank you for potting with me. Hey, I'll pod with you anytime. <laughs> That's going to be my comment at every time. I'll pod with you anytime. I want someone to make a remix of that song from last time. Two, 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 two best friends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my God. Play us out. So what did you think of that episode? It was good. I liked the sex doc. I also like the sex doc. Do you want to go to the sex doc? Alexa, set coordinates for the sex doc. Hmm, I don't know that one. God damn it, Alexa. I'm doing it manually. <laughs> Matt, hold on. <laughs>